This morning we, we deviate away from our first Samuel through the Bible uh, studies and looking, of course, at the birth of Christ. And as a pastor, you get challenged sometimes, how do I present the birth of Christ, perhaps in a different light than you've heard perhaps hundreds of times? So we're going to look at it a little different this morning. We're going to look at Gabriel. Gabriel had a mission from God, and that was to prepare the way for the birth of his son. So we'll look at it a little bit from Gabriel's standpoint. Gabriel is one of the angels in particular that has been given a responsibility, a duty, of making preparations for the birth of his Lord. I'm sure many of the angels uh, question why would God take on the form of a human being and come to earth. But Gabriel's given this mission to mankind, fallen, sinful mankind, and Jesus is to come on the scene of mankind, and he's to come on the scene in the form of a little helpless baby. To Gabriel, this is a great responsibility. He's been chosen by God for this precise hour in time, for this precise Jewish culture, and he's to announce Jesus in a precise lineage. The lineage of Jewish King David. David, and then David goes back to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob's sons. And in this lineage, we have an intermingling of Gentiles and even women of questionable character. You can read of the lineage in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, and some of the women listed there are Tamar, who was jilted by Judah, who was to bring uh, her sons through his sons, and uh, they did not. They did not raise up uh, a son for Tamar, willingly. <laughs> but then you move to Rahab, a harlot, who was involved in the conquering of Jericho by Joshua. And then you have Ruth, not even a Jew, a Moabite. And then Bathsheba, who had an adulterous affair with King David, and David proceeds to murder her husband, Uriah. But David and Bathsheba have a son, Solomon. And Solomon is in the lineage of Christ. And we see the lineage of Christ, and it's chock full of people of questionable character and Gentiles. <laughs> and this is all in the purpose and will of God. For he will bring forth his son now, born of Mary. 
And Gabriel, he's to prepare a people that are of questionable character for the birth of God's son. Gabriel, by all we can tell and read in scripture, he's an angel of great authority among other angels. But he's been given by God this special task, a tremendous task, to make ready the ray of Christ to be born. So turn with me to Luke 1, and we'll look at verses 5 through 10. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the customs of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of people was praying outside at that hour of incense. This, of course, is John the Baptist's parents, Zacharias and Elizabeth. And note they are righteous before God. Living not a perfect, sinless life, but living a blameless life. And they were obedient to all the commandments in all the ordinances of the Jewish faith. But Elizabeth, she's barren. And she's old now, beyond the years of having a child, bearing children. And we have a coincidence happen. Zacharias is chosen by lot as the priest to burn incense in the temple. As a priest, you could go through your entire life without this honor of being able to burn incense in, uh, at the altar. We see here that without a doubt, Zacharias is experiencing the manipulation of Gabriel the angel. Gabriel is involved in the picking of choosing of the priest to burn incense. And everybody outside of the altar of incense, the whole multitude is in prayer. But Gabriel, he's got the characters he wants where he wants them. And that's behind the scenes, and we don't see that. So let's look at verses 11 through 20, Luke 1. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Speaking of Zacharias. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. 
And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Luke gives us intricate details of this account. Luke tells us that this angel, Gabriel, is standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Why even mention that? Well, Luke was that way. He was a man of details. And Zacharias sees the angel, and he's troubled, and he is fearful. Gabriel... He calms Zacharias down. He says, do not be afraid. You ever tell somebody, don't be afraid? Yeah, like that works. No, they, they stay afraid. And he says, okay, angel, I'm going to try to calm down, but please stop glowing, will you? You know, just so Zacharias knows it's an angel. There's no mystery there for him. Then the angel, Gabriel, gives him good news. Your prayer is heard. What prayer? Evidently, Elizabeth and Zacharias have been praying for a son for many years. And the angel tells him, your wife will have a son, but here's the thing. Don't name him after yourself, Zacharias, which was a custom, but name him John. And this comment tells us the prayers of Zacharias and Elizabeth have been going on for years. They're both older now. And Zacharias and Elizabeth, they respond, well, Elizabeth will a little later, with gladness. They're happy. Many will rejoice at the birth of John. And in verses 15 through 17, Gabriel speaks of John's uh, destiny, and he speaks it with authority. John will be great in the eyes of the Lord. And don't allow him to have any strong drink or wine, and this child will be filled with the Holy Spirit in Elizabeth's womb. Not many times do we hear of people being filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb, but John was. John's ministry is laid out for him. Before he is even conceived in the womb, his ministry is there. John will turn many of Israel to the Lord. John will have the Holy Spirit lead and guide him in the same manner that it led Elijah the prophet. Elijah was the prophet of the Jewish people, 
There was no greater prophet to the Jewish man or woman than Elijah. And John, he's going to impact the people of Israel and cause them to look for Messiah. Zacharias, evidently he's calmed down. He's, no, he's not so troubled anymore. And he speaks up. How shall I know this is true? I am old, and so is my wife, Elizabeth. Gabriel, he's taken back by John's unbelief. He's shocked at how John could be so unbelieving. And he's gone from being troubled that an angel would even be there and talk to him, of being afraid and being full of unbelief. And now Gabriel will give Zacharias a reason to believe. I am Gabriel. I'm not just some little cute cherub. I'm Gabriel. And I'm on a mission from God. I have come to you, Zacharias, from the very throne room of heaven to bring you great tidings. In fact, it's the best news that humankind has ever received. And you say to me, how can this be? Gabriel is shocked by Zacharias. And he says, okay, Zacharias, I'm going to give you a little proof. You're going to be mute. You're going to be unable to speak until I have all that I've told you comes about. And that will mean at least nine months of being mute. But he's not deaf. Zacharias is not deaf. He's just unable to speak. Gabriel, because of Zacharias' unbelief, strikes him with what we would say, dumbness or being mute. Gabriel, again, is an angel of authority. He's not accustomed to being uh, taken for spreading tales or something like this. He's accustomed to having his words respected. He's an angel of hierarchy. He's not accustomed to being doubted. So, Zacharias is mute, and he goes home to Elizabeth, and she conceives. Elizabeth is so delighted, so happy that she is pregnant, that she hides herself for five months, concealing her pregnancy. But now it's time for Gabriel to make another visit, but this time it's to Mary. So let's read uh, verses 26 through 38 of Luke 1. And on the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and she considered what manner of greeting this was. 
Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has come has also conceived a son in her old age and is now in the sixth month for her who has called, was called barren. For with God nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In verse uh, 28 there, Gabriel comes into Mary's house. We're not given many of the details there. Uh, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Apparently, Gabriel has took on the appearance of an ordinary man here. He's invited in. And Gabriel's greeting troubles Mary. It causes questions in her mind. Verse 30, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Just a quick little tidbit on that. To find favor, you got to be looking for it. Mary was looking for her life to be pleasing to God. Even though she's a young virgin, probably around 15 years old, uh, don't miss this, she found favor with God. But Gabriel, he continues, you're going to have a baby, name him Jesus, and this baby will be the son of the highest. And Jesus will have the throne of his father David in the lineage of David. Verse 34, Mary now asks the same question that Zechariah asked, How can this be? Zacharias asked his question with an unbelieving heart. Mary simply asked, how are you going to do this thing? And then Mary throws in, by the way, I'm a virgin. (laughs) Gabriel explains the how. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And further explanation, the one born to you will be called the Son of God. Mary declares in verse 38, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And then we have Gabriel leaving the scene. Mary, she is blessed. She is delighted at this good news of the angel Gabriel. But notice, Gabriel is able to discern belief and unbelief. Mary and Zacharias 
both heard this, and they both asked the same question, but their heart was different. Mary's got a believing heart. Zacharias is doubting. But he's not done, Gabriel, with the dealings of Jesus' birth. We have Joseph. He is spouse, husband of Mary, and he has discovered that Mary is pregnant. And he knows he is not the father. So turn with me to Matthew 1, and we'll look at verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, behold, they came together, and she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and ye shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph. Uh, without a doubt, is a few years older than Mary. He knows this baby is not his, and it breaks his heart. In his mind right there, he's been jilted by the one he loves so dearly. But he's a just man, and he's considering putting Mary away, but he wants to do it in a secret type way, not wanting to bring shame upon Mary. And as he thinks about how he's going to do this, an angel appears to him in a dream. Now, that angel, in my mind, is none other than Gabriel. But he's been given this task of preparing people, mankind, for the birth of Jesus. And Gabriel, he tells Joseph uh, what to do in it's difficult unless you really believe. Gabriel knew how troubled Joseph was. Gabriel knows that it's good news to a believing heart, but to someone who doesn't believe, these are just words. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For she is pregnant by and through the Holy Spirit of God. And then Gabriel says, here's what I want you to name the boy. Name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Then Gabriel gives Joseph an Old Testament prophecy. 
And that's Isaiah 7:14. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, or God is with us. Joseph then wakes up. And he is happy. He's delighted that Mary, the love of his life, has not been unfaithful to him. He can now marry this Mary because the angel Gabriel has convinced him, this is God's son. Don't worry about it. Do not be afraid. And Joseph takes Mary as his wife without sexual consummation. Joseph obeys Gabriel, and he does it with a willing heart, a believing heart. The love of his life, Mary, chosen by God to be the mother of Messiah. And Joseph, a just man, will raise and teach his stepson, Jesus, the ways of the Lord. What a responsibility. But Gabriel, he's got one more appearance to make. He's not done with his task. Joseph and Mary make their way to Bethlehem. And there, Mary brings forth her firstborn son, wraps Jesus in swaddling cloths, lays him in a manger, for there was no room for them at the inn. And then we have Luke 2, 8 through 14. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, <laughs> for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Verse 9, Gabriel makes an appearance to shepherds who are out in the fields. And they become greatly afraid at the glory and appearance of Gabriel. Evidently, Gabriel was a splendor to behold. <laughs> and he tells the shepherds, do not be afraid. Gabriel has a message of great joy, even for shepherds. Verse 11, there will be born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Go find this Savior, you shepherd boys or lads, men. He's lying in a manger. And they're, they're obedient to this command. In verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. We have a multitude of angels joining Gabriel 
and praising God. Gabriel's mission is complete. Now Gabriel, along with the host of heaven, sings out praises to God. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And Gabriel and all of heaven rejoice at God's beautiful plan of salvation. That's from the angel's side of the picture. Question. Should we not who know the way of salvation, who benefit from salvation, should we not also sing praises to God? We're the ones that benefit. Gabriel was just on a mission. We're going to close with a song in a moment. Sing that song to your Lord. Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. <clears throat>